This is the forgetting. My mom, who died of Alzheimer's, taught me when the brain fails, go to your heart, but go to your heart anyway. The birth comes at a difficult time for me, David, as, as you and I have discussed. Um, I do feel more and more now the walls closing in and the desire to withdraw more drift out to Pluto. Lisa, who do you think is better looking, uh, David or me? <laughs> WCAI Studios in Woods Hole and from my Park Slope neighborhood in Brooklyn. This is The Forgetting, a podcast about dementia. I'm David Shank, author of the book The Forgetting and creator of the Living with Alzheimer's film project. With me, as always, is my friend and entirely necessary co-host, Greg O'Brien, author of On Pluto, Inside the Mind of Alzheimer's. His book has that subtitle because Greg has early onset Alzheimer's and he is committed to reporting his experience for as long as he possibly can. That's why this podcast exists. Greg, David, how are you? It's great to talk to you again. I love you. I love you too. Um, but that's a this friendship. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, hey. it's, but it's as deep as love gets, isn't it, Greg? Right. Hey, a couple of... Um... As you know, my daughter presented us with our first grandson this week. A couple of observations can, in the Lord of the Flies, I, I, I always told you if I was going to speak off notes, that uh, so you know. But um, can I have a minute or so here? Just a, a little reflection on that. Whatever's on your mind. Right. Mazel tov on your new ch- grandchild. So my daughter, Colleen, and her husband, Matt, and I'm going through my notes here, uh, expanded the family photo album this week, and Colleen gave birth to her second child, nine pounds, Timothy O'Brien Everett, my first grandson. And Timothy's uh, three-year-old sister Adeline is over the top as well. I've learned from this in more ways than you can imagine, and I've given this a lot of thought, so if I could take a few minutes here, because I think it gets to the mission of this podcast. Um, the birth comes at a difficult time for me, David, as, as you and I have discussed. Um, I do feel more and more now the walls closing in and the desire to withdraw more drift out to Pluto. The Lord, the universe works in mysterious ways and maybe the birth of my grandson has kind of grabbed hold of me. There's only so much juice in Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. And I think we can need to connect the two more, as you and I talked about Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. And I feel that I'm running low on this juice, down a few courts now, the draining of what doctors called my cognitive reserve. And I'm, I'm exhausted, David. I'm fighting too many battles, way too many battles, physical, mental, emotional, and on too many fronts. And I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I've given it the office, as they say. And um, I had to look this up, David, on Wikipedia, but I feel the journey I'm on is like the famous Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran fight many years ago, the No Moss Prize fight. By the way, I'm Roberto Duran, and I embarked on this mission after being at the deathbeds of both my parents, my mom, as you know, died of Alzheimer's, and my dad. 
had several complications, but was also diagnosed with dementia before he passed away. And um, this mission has, has never been about me and myself, but as an embedded reporter inside the mind of dementia. And I think you're hearing from me, I think we need to expand the conversation as you and I talked about that the other day. Um, th th this journey is about my children and grandchildren who I fear for and the children and grandchildren of anyone who's listening. And as I said, the journey is kicking the shit out of me more and more. Um, you know, the, 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 and, and, and sometimes, you know, I feel like a Paul Revere, um, you know, that, uh, <laughs> but I'm hoping we have an American Revolution victory, but that's not today. Um, as you know, the clinical trials to date have all resulted in failure. And um, there's, you know, a, a lot of uh, question marks uh, about where we go from here. Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia or a Rubik's Cube on steroids. We have made progress, but um, there are no answers. And as you and I discussed, even a diagnosis to determine a form of dementia beyond a shadow of a doubt is not here. Um, Alzheimer's is a code word, but it's also restricting in that it ignores, not intentionally, but ignores other forms of dementia and cognitive disease. And I've been asked by many over time with various dementias to open the tent on this discussion. And, and, and I think that's best. As you know, my formal diagnosis, as with family members, is Alzheimer's, results of clinical tests, brain scans, and with the trademark sy symptoms, which are worsening progressively. Um, but, uh, and, and given earlier head injuries, it, it brought on my disease earlier than, than expected, maybe 10 years earlier, which is the reason I got an early diagnosis and I might not have otherwise had a diagnosis till now in a journey that's 20 to 25 years in its course, so I still could have 10 to 15 in this ugly journey ahead of me. Um, but, but, it, but as you know, there's until, which is a sad thing in this disease, until you die, there, there's what flavor dementia you have um, can't be told really until you die. We got people who are taking shots at it, but... Um, so for that reason, if it's good with you, and I think we could discuss it at, at a different time, and, and you got me thinking about this the other day, I would like to expand the tent over time uh, because th this mission is about raising awareness. This mission is about building a critical mass. And, and, and to do that, we shouldn't be in the weeds. We should be about building a critical mass about brain health and about all sorts of dementias. Uh, Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams' li uh, wife, Susan Snyder Williams, has become a friend, and we've talked at length about this, the importance of expanding the conversation. And Williams' suicide, as you know, has been linked to Lewy body disease, a form of dementia. And I think, as you know, I've come close on my own journey to leaving the planet twice. But anyway, in conclusion, getting back to Timothy Everett O'Brien, out of the mouth of babes, my grand... Excuse me. I'm sorry. My grandson has given me a moment of reflection. I want to be as helpful as I can, David. Well, I can. But at some point, David, I'm going to say no mas. I've given at the office. So let's get their best work ahead of you. And let's talk about the future, my good friend. I love you. Mm. That was beautiful, Greg. I didn't know you were going to do that. but um, I didn't either uh, until I wrote it down. 
And when when did you write that? Because we actually talked. Uh, no, I know. I, I pretty I, recently. I, I wrote it last night. I just I just felt in the moment I needed to write it down. I, I wrote it after thinking, as I always try to do before speaking, and I wrote it last night. Yeah. Well, um, there, there's there's so much to unpack there, and I'm not sure exactly what to react to, but. Um, let me say first of all, I I love you equally, and uh, the your your writing continues to be just so um so poignant and and ele- elegant and articulate, and um, it's actually now that I think about it, it's 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 kind of a double treat to 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 talk to you on an aesthetic level because you're. You're you're a beautiful soul who, when when you just talk, you know, when you just <laughs> just have your thoughts, uh, it, it what, what tumbles out is is um, is um, it's just very meaningful to me and and and, and also quite articulate. Well, the, and I, mean, I, uh, I, I think I, as we, I think now I for this discu- not in the future. I, I I need to a lot of times with my laptop. You and I'll talk and. Most of the times when we're talking on the phone, I'm I'm looking at my laptop and uh, and I and I you know I have these strategies as a reporter and I think and think about this. I need to let more people in about my strategies. Well, yeah, because well, so just to finish <clears throat> my thought and then then I'll jump into that thought. <clears throat> the 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 other side of it is that you're you're also and and i think this needs to be kind of separately understood just a just a gorgeous writer and it's 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 really kind of um well it's just beautiful to to listen to your words and and read them and and, and but it is a different animal from 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 hearing you just speak contemporaneously and and sometimes you and i talked the other day sometimes i can't tell actually which is which because you you you're you you've worked so hard on on these strategies as you call them note taking and and note reading and you're you're constantly consulting your your uh, your computer and in it, uh, it it unless someone is right there it's actually can be quite hard to tell what facts and 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 data and detail and ideas you're pulling out of your brain and and which you're actually pulling out of notes that you've that you've taken down and of course it doesn't matter it's all from you but but it does uh, but i think in the discussion more and more i should be clear about when i'm dealing with notes what what you just heard a few minutes ago which is something else and i'm giving the sign from sean that lisa genova is ready you're hearing a speech from the heart which is not the brain and that's right. its subject differently. But my mom, who died of Alzheimer's, taught me when the brain fails, go to your heart, but go to your heart anyway. Well, just before we bring in our, our, our special guest, uh, what I want to say is that, you know, you and I have known each other for, for a while now, and I like to think I know you pretty well, and I, and I like to think I know what you're going through in a pretty intimate way. But the other day on the phone, I was one thing led to another and i i was uh asking you about a, a previous conversation we had just had a few hours before and because you seemed to be remembering things awfully well and you were telling me that no a lot of those things you'd written down 
and it was uh, it was it kind of blew me away because it was seamless and I, I it, it 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 threw me because I I'm sometimes not quite sure what you're able to pull straight out of your brain versus what you're able to pull out with the with the with the um, with your with your note taking methods. And this may sound, uh, I don't know, this may, this may sound kind of rough and inhuman. I, 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 what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's um, y- you've done just an impeccable job of, of coming up with strategies to, to, to push through this. And, you know, we all know it's going to get harder, but um, it's... Well, uh, I'm, I, but I am, though I'm getting this signal, I, I do think it's good, and, and you're the one who kind of started this conversation that we expand and open the tent to other dementias yes right so that's something that we'll uh hopefully we'll get a chance to talk a a little bit about maybe with lisa or maybe afterwards or maybe in another episode but you and i agree that we've been using the word alzheimer's and this is a a an issue with in the alzheimer's and in the dementia world is that we tend to use alzheimer's because it's the most prevalent cause of dementia we tend to use it synonymously with dementia, and we tend not to talk about a lot of other really important diseases that that also cause a progressive dementia, uh, often in a, with a different sequence of of symptoms. Um, but we should talk about that in some detail. Uh, I think it's really important. You and I agree that it's it's a really important thing to talk about because there are a lot of people out there who don't have Alzheimer's; they have something else, and and we all ought to be on the lookout for all these different types of dementias. So um, I, I salute you in that. Um, let's welcome our um, our special guest, our first uh, our first repeat guest. There should be a more elegant way to say repeat. Uh, our first comer backer. That's not as elegant. <laughs> Help me out, Lisa. What's what's the word I'm looking for? I know, as a novelist, I should be able to come up with something more eloquent. Um, How about Cumberbund? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're <laughs> three writers. Vet, you're a veteran expert. You're, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> three writers fumbling for the right word, and we'll, we will never get it. How, how, how uh, <laughs> painful is that? I know. We're only human. Exactly. Well, Lisa Genova, we are we're we're uh, we're honored to have you back. Um, you're an awfully good friend of Greg, and I consider you a friend of mine also. And um, and it's you're you're one of the uh, one of the lights in the Alzheimer's world. You're you're an ambassador as a neuroscientist and as a writer. You you go out there and you uh, you help people understand the disease better and you're also able to explain the the science in some detail so um it's it's always great to talk to you on air or or off air thank you for for coming back to talk with us today you bet thank you it's good to be back and i know it's only been twice now but maybe i could be considered a regular how about that yeah we'll go like for that. it there you, go. you look good today lisa by the way <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot I have, you're not in the a, studio. I have a face made for radio. Is that what you're saying, Greg? Uh, I don't know. I'm just, just saying. 
So first of all, Lisa, let's tell people what you've been up to. You're uh, you have a brand new book. Tell us about it. It's, it's not about Alzheimer's, but it is in your in your neuroscientist wheelhouse. Yeah. So the book that's out is about ALS. It's called Every Note Played, and that came out in paperback uh, earlier this year. Um, but I'm actually getting close to finishing up uh, my first nonfiction book, and it's about memory. And right now, the title is Remember the science of how we remember and why we forget. Because I've been talking about Alzheimer's for the past decade, and in those conversations, wherever I am in the world, while everybody is interested and concerned and scared of Alzheimer's, the conversation usually shifts to, yeah, but what about, you know, I'm 50 or I'm 60, and I keep, you know, I walk into the room, and I don't know why I went in there, or I can't remember people's names, and I, if I don't write it down, I'm never going to remember to, you know, pick up my dry cleaning or take my heart medication. So it seems like pretty much it's universal, global. People are pretty worried about their memory and their forgetting and don't really understand how it works. So I'm hoping to, in a very conversational way, help people understand how our brains create memories and retrieve memories and, and why it fails and what you can do to improve it and what you can just accept as normal and, and not worry about. I love that. Wow. I can't wait to read it. When when will it come out? I don't know. Um, I you know I still haven't finished the first draft, but that'll be done soon. Um, sometime in 2020. Well, that's impressive. Coincidentally, I also have a book called Remember coming out just about two weeks before yours, and it's the same exact... <laughs> cover material and if you could send me a uh, just a draft of yours so we could compare excellent so you'll go on my book tour for me perfect (laughs) i love it lisa i i I have i have a bunch of questions for you but i i'd love to hear if if you feel comfortable talking about what you see as the latest in alzheimer's research and uh, you just what the landscape looks like as opposed to you know a, a year or two ago when is the last time we we spoke to you so the latest in, in alzheimer's research as far as i understand it and what's pretty cool is that this field is suddenly moving really fast so you know a, when greg and i did the x prize um alzheimer's project and i think it was a couple of years ago in 2017 and sort of our big takeaway was that, you know, we need a early detector of Alzheimer's before amyloid beta. We need a, a cheap blood test. We need a biomarker, something that we can measure that predicts the eventual biological and clinical onset of this disease, like years before that will happen, ideally. And that that this particular biomarker will also inform how we might intervene and stop the disease from happening in the first place. So that idea a couple of years ago, it was sort of like no one no one had anything yet. And in the span of two years, there are a lot of folks out there who are, are marching toward a ultimately commercially available blood test that will tell you whether or not you're going to become symptomatic for Alzheimer's. Um, we don't have that yet, but it is looking like this could be a near reality. And if one of those biomarkers turns out to give us some understanding as to the biological cause of this disease in its very earliest moments, sort of before we get amyloid plaques and neurofibrillary tangles, 
um, because we know it takes like 10 to 20 years of something cooking in your body and your brain before you you start having symptoms of dementia. Um, this could really be a game changer. The other thing I'm seeing a lot of out there, which is different than it was years ago, is, is the involvement and the encouragement of big data. So we've got actually, you know, with all of these failed clinical trials out there over the last many decades, we actually have quite a bit of data on, you know, people who are at risk for Alzheimer's um, or people who ha are symptomatic for Alzheimer's, people who've had scans. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a way to combine, you know, some markers in those folks' blood with the scan versus a cognitive test or combine together where big data can tease out, well, maybe these folks would respond to a certain kind of drug, whereas, you know, other folks wouldn't. So if 100 people were in a trial, this is overly simplified, and it turned out that the results were statistically insignificant. Say only three out of 100 showed some sort of improvement with, with the drug that was being tested. So it fails. But what if there was something really interesting and, and repeatable and measurable about those three people that had some sort of constellation of, of you know, biological predeterminants that would then make those folks Alzheimer's caused by a certain, you know, series of events that that drug would then actually work for. So I think big data combined with biomarkers is sort of like the new, uh, the new level of possibility and excitement in the world of, of Alzheimer's research. Lisa, that, that, that was so smart. What <laughs> I'm hoping you could do, and I know you're a humble person, but just, uh, you, you're not just a New York Times bestselling writer, you're a Harvard trained brainiac. Just and, and you are a household name and maybe the G word, but um, if you could just, in two sentences, just tell the audience your background and your training, I think, because they should be listening to what you're saying. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Um, yeah, I'm not, so I, I'm not just a novelist. I, I, I also am a neuroscientist. So like my background, I, I shouldn't even be writing novels because I'm not trained to do that. Um, I have a PhD in neuroscience from Harvard, um, and so I grew up studying the brain. And actually, you know, Rudy Tanzi, who you guys know really well and we all love and admire, he was down the hall from me as a graduate student when I was a graduate student. Um, at the time, he was working on Huntington's, and I was working on drug addiction. Um, but yeah, that's that's my background. So my and and for most folks who know me, know that my interest in Alzheimer's grew out of uh, personal experience with my grandmother who had it. So I sort of rearranged my life to try to understand this disease. And I, I chose to try to understand it not as a neuroscientist at the lab bench, but as a granddaughter and a human being trying to understand it from a place of empathy. And so I chose to write a novel about someone with Alzheimer's to figure out how to walk in someone else's shoes who has it. And, and Greg, if your book on Pluto had existed back when my grandmother had Alzheimer's, I never would have written Phil Alice because you capture what it feels like from the perspective of the person who has it uh, so well and so, you know, phenomenally well that um, that question that I had of, you know, what does it feel like to have this and how can I move from sympathy to empathy would have been a, um, really well answered. But well, thank you. I mean, your academic yeah. uh, training is incredible. By the way, um, and, and it's intimidating for me, I don't know if you know this, I flunked earth science in high school and I took dummy math, so you are the brainiac. 
Well, you're a phenomenal writer and a great friend, and thank you, sweetheart. And David's pretty damn smart, too. Yeah, he's not that. Oh, shucks. <laughs> but I'm not in danger of, uh, of curing Alzheimer's, whereas Lisa at any moment could decide that this writing hobby, you know, is, has run its course, and she can just dive back into the lab and actually stop this disease for us. No, I'm going to help raise the money, which is what I spend a lot of time doing. I get out there, I'm going to um, Richmond, Virginia next month for RVA, Alzheimer's Day and RVA with the proceeds going to the Cure Alzheimer's Fund. Um, so I'm trying to help fund the research and educate the masses and get them to care about this enough to do something. And we'll leave the curing to folks like Rudy. Right, right. Our superhero, Rudy Tanzi. From, uh, I know. He's our hero. Totally. I, uh, Lisa, I th- what, it, what is so important, because people don't get this, you're right, They, which is upsetting to me and others on this journey, because we tend to talk about it a lot. But as you know, and as Rudy would say, it's a disease that takes 20 to 25 years to run its demon course, and pathology can start in your 40s without noticeable symptoms, even though the other person may be feeling something. And I think that's, it's a progression. It's, it's, it's not an end stage. Uh, that's, that just happens in the end, curtain closing. Right, right. You don't go from diagnosis to deathbed overnight, thank goodness. And um, I think that, that people with Alzheimer's, you know, that, like all of us, we all want to be seen and heard. And so I think that, um, a lot of the education on understanding, you know, what Alzheimer's looks like and sounds like um, is going to be sort of part and parcel to um, getting us toward treatments and cures. Because I, I think it's hard to develop a sense of urgency and caring and we got to do something about this if we don't humanize it. If we think, oh, well, these are just old people who are dying anyway, it's hard to galvanize you know, an urgent support for like, well, let's fix this problem. It's sort of like, well, then that's not really a problem to fix, you know, sort of kind of coldly. If you, if I think that that sort of mentality has been out there. If we instead change this to, you know, as the baby boomers age, this is, you know, people are getting more and more sort of like, well, wait a minute, what, what is this thing, Alzheimer's? And what are we, what can we do about it? It's like, you know, life expectancy in the U.S. was 47 in 1900. So we didn't, a lot of this and it didn't affect a ton of people but now we've gained you know 30 40 years of longevity which is awesome but you stand a really like substantial risk of developing alzheimer's if you live into your 80s it's like close to one in two at 85 so this is not the price you want to pay for living into old age this is going to affect you know millions and millions of people. it's like you know what is it, 50 million right now across the globe so you know, what is, what is this like to live with it is something that more and more people are going to have personal experience with as well. So I, I think that, you know, this is going to be take center stage of the global conversation real soon. Do, do you think that we're finally as a as a nation uh, giving Alzheimer's its due in terms of, uh, you know, what we're what we're with the recent boosts in, in spending and uh, federal spending and research uh I mean, it's it's obviously in the right direction, but do you think it's enough? And do you think that we're it's we finally kind of crossed uh, a Rubicon of taking it uh, with the, with the level of seriousness that it uh, that it deserves? 
No, I don't think it's got enough federal funding. Um, I, I think, you know, because we haven't, we don't have enough to solve it today. You know, if you talk to, you know, the scientists like Rudy, they'd say, you know, we've got the ideas, we have the experiments, we know the science that we want to investigate, but I don't have enough man hours to put on it. So if I could afford to pay more scientists, I could do this faster. So, um, the government isn't putting enough toward this. It's better than it was for sure. Um, it's been abysmal. Um, but I, you know, I, I like that a lot of private sector folks are starting to throw their money into this. So again, you know, we've got Bill Gates throwing enormous money at this, and he's he's a great problem solver. Um, I was just watching that Netflix documentary on him last night um, inside Bill's brain, which is which is pretty cool. Um, so. I, you know, I think that the solution could come from, you know, could come from something like an X Prize competition or Bill Gates Foundation, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I should say. Um, it could come from, you know, still come from a pharmaceutical company. It doesn't have to be NIH directed funds. And like the Cure Alzheimer's Fund is a great example of sort of a, a venture, uh, venture capital kind of model of. Uh, a nonprofit funding the research it wants to fund without the red tape of grant writing and, and so forth so it can move faster. David, I'm getting a sign from our buddy producer, Sean, that we have time for one more question, and it should be to Lisa, and I'm going to let you ask it. How's that? I've, I've, I'm going to let you ask it, Greg, because I've asked several, and, uh, and uh, I'm going to make you come up with the final question. No, my, my, no, it's my, all good. Mine is simple. We could talk to you for hours, Lisa. Who do you think is better looking, uh, David or me? <laughs> well, I can't see either of you right now. Oh, that's a good answer. Wait, I have to use, I have to, have right. to use my memory. Well, what? Why don't um, you wrap? You, you could. Uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you just wrap it up with a uh, final uh, thoughts? I, I'll ask. I'll ask a question that's more personal. Um, Lisa, you you spend time with Greg, and um, and can you reflect on what you're seeing? You know, in the last, let's say, you know, three or four months, uh, with with how he's uh, with how he's doing. Oh gosh, you know, we haven't spent a ton of time together uh, recently. Um, it's mostly been through text, but when we do meet for coffee, you know, I was listening to you guys talk. Um, I know that that Greg sort of prepares for our our coffee house meeting um i think greg i correct me if i'm wrong but i think you look over our most recent emails and you yeah. write down top you know talking points that you want to discuss so you don't forget them um but that's part of me. the strategies that we've been talking yeah, about and, and totally. it, it, it's important for me to i don't want to wear that on my sleeve but people understand that that's what I'm trying to do. So maybe that would give hope to other people to do the same thing, but you just can't sit in. I, I do prepare when I talk to you. It's, it's, um, I feel like Luca yeah. Brazzi in the and, Godfather. <laughs> and, um, and you say that to me all the time. Um, so I don't, I don't mind any of that. It's like, you know, if you were going to a business meeting, I would write down the things that I wanted to make sure I mentioned in the meeting. Um, our perspective memories, our memories for what we plan to do in the future and what we want to say, it's terrible for everyone. Um, but for someone with Alzheimer's, I mean, Greg is really smart about, you know, what can he do to keep participating? Um, 
but one of the things, Greg, I really love about our relationship and you and me when we get together is like, yeah, you do all that stuff to try and stay, you know, as like quote unquote normal and on and, and able to like, you know, talk about everything you wanted to talk about. But, you know, when we, when you mess up in front of me, it's absolutely no big deal, right? Like we don't try to hide it or shame it or get no, weird uh, about anything. My favorite we, line, we, which you'll laugh at is Greg O'Brien, damn pleased to meet you, Lisa. And then you put your hand say, out. Yeah. And then I say, hi, I'm Betty. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. Or hi, I'm Susie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so, well, I mean, like, so we'll this, you edit this out, Greg, if you don't want this in. But, like, I don't know when this was. It was it was in the spring, I think, when we met at the Snowy Owls. And Greg walks in, or maybe he was already, he's probably already there. He usually beats me. And so I go over and give him a hug, and he's he's all wet. His clothes are wet. And I'm <laughs> That's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what what's going on? Did you like did you fall in a pond on the way here? Like, what happened? And he said, well, you know, you know, Mary Catherine's in Arizona, and she's out of town, and I, I was doing the laundry, and I went to go get it out of the dryer, and everything was still wet. And and Greg's brain because he's got this you know, the Alzheimer's was in the way in this moment and he couldn't figure out what to do. Like he couldn't pivot and make a new plan of, well, I'll turn the dryer on and then I'll have dry clothes or, Oh, I'll just abandon these clothes cause I gotta go and I'll go get something dry out of the closet. So he took the wet clothes out of the dryer and got dressed in wet clothes. So that, that stuff well, happens. That's better than peeing in my pants, which I do sometimes, but that's potty yeah, talk. That happens. So, you know, it's been, it, it, it just happens. And so, like, for, you know, for Greg and I, because I love him and because I know what Alzheimer's is, that doesn't have to freak me out and be like, oh, God, like, what's wrong with Greg? And, oh, isn't that awful? I don't feel pity. I don't feel embarrassed. I don't feel unnerved. It's just like we laughed about it. I'm like, Jesus, all right. <laughs> like, put on a sweater or something. You're going to be chilly or drink that hot coffee. And it's just like, all right, we'll carry on. All right. Um Sean has a squirt gun, and I don't want to get wet. So, David, I'll let you. Uh, now that you're in dry clothes, I know I'll let you close, David, in prayer. Okay. Well, let's say let's get back, say goodbye to Lisa first. We could do this for hours, but Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time again, and uh, we'll love you, Lisa. We'll catch God up bless with you, you again when, whenever we can. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. You're awesome, Greg. I love you. Love you both. Um, thank you. I'll Greg. Hopefully, see you soon. All right. T- you take care, man. All right. You too, guys. Bye. Bye. I had not heard that that story about you in wet clothes, but <laughs> I, um, I I had forgot about it. But it was pretty damn funny, and I I didn't think there was anything wrong. I I was literally dripping wet, and she goes, "WTF? You you do have a way of of um, of making interactions more and more colorful, and." <laughs> And and uh, ironically uh, memorable in in some way, and uh, and yet as as Lisa said, I'm sorry to be I don't want to be sanctimonious about every single thing that's being said, but I don't know I, I find myself being um, I don't know somber today, and and I and I I can't help but think that um, you know I, I love Lisa's point about how it, it doesn't matter what happens 
I don't mean to say it doesn't matter, regardless of what happens to you, which every day there is something, you know, going on, obviously, it's, it's an immense challenge. It's, it's you climbing a mountain every day. And sometimes there are stumbles, and inevitably are, are going to be stumbles. But you, you, uh, while you don't wear them on your sleeve, you, you do allow them to be uh, a part of your visible uh, life so that everyone around you uh, is, is, gets to experience that and you are quick to laugh about it. And it just becomes, it's, it's a part of a life well lived as opposed to a life lived in in shame it's it's really those two distinct things and i think it's part of what feels so great to be in your presence is is we we all have you know awful things that happen to us and 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 some worse than others of course but we all have things that we'd rather not share but yours do get shared and we all get to get to laugh about it and then and then and we get closer because of it and we get to we get to move on into a more meaningful well, place I wanna, because of it, if that makes sense. Maybe in closing, give credit to where credit's worth. My my late mother died of Alzheimer's. She she taught me this and how to live in faith, hope, and humor, and it's probably part of the Irish in us. Well, um, I wish we could do this for another hour, but it's time to go. That's it for our show today. Here at WCAI, our engineer was Dan Tridel. Thank you, Dan, as always. The Forgetting is a production of WCAI in Woods Hole, Massachusetts, and WGBH in Boston. Our producer is the great Sean Corcoran. Thank you, Sean. Our theme music, as always, was composed and produced by Dr. Rudy Tanzi, who is Superman. Um, thank you, Rudy, as always. It's great to have you as a, as a friend and in this uh, important, very important journey. Um, Greg, I do need to remind you that you still owe me a hundred dollars okay i will find a way to can i pay you in monopoly money i have plenty of cash my favorite line is but it's just tied up in debt right now (laughs) how about you give me a hundred dollars of that debt oh we'll call that even oh all right i love that hey love you david you take care brother we'll talk real soon You too. Thanks, Greg. Great to speak to you. Bye.